And then we turn this afternoon, and just one verse of scripture, not, we'll not be dwelling on the verse or the passage as such, but this verse will form the basis of our reflection this afternoon. It's Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. Somebody asked, well, why are we going to Hebrews 5? I thought we did Hebrews 5 already. What we are dealing with in this session this afternoon is simply some unfinished business, if we could put it like that. And the verse is verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 5. The writer was um, making some comment about Melchizedek, and he says there in verse 11, about this we have much to say. And it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. And the writer observed that teaching them was a bit of a challenge, as we see right here. And he went on to state in verses 12 through 14, how that on account of their dullness of hearing, they had become stunted in their spiritual growth on account of which they were not able to digest, spiritually digest, the deep truths of the Word of God. And I want to speak this afternoon on the subject of hearing the Word of God. Hearing the Word of God. Very important and, I think, timely subject for these times in which we live. Hearing the Word of God. In the Gospels, there are at least three statements of our Lord Jesus with regard to this matter of hearing the word of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, he said in Mark chapter 4 and verse 9. Pay attention to what you hear, he declared in Mark chapter 4, verse 24, and then take care how you hear, Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. And these statements of our Lord Jesus, the greatest teacher of the word of God there ever was, suggests that there is no greater use to which you and I can put our minds and hearts than giving careful, utmost regard to this matter of hearing and listening to divine truth. And this is so critical, especially when we consider the various statements in Scripture regarding the absolute necessity of the word of God. For example, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is crucial to our sustenance and hence how important, vitally important it is that we hear the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verses 13 through 17, a passage that underscores the critical role of the word of God for salvation says, therefore, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe on him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us, verse 17, so then faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And then one more scripture that underscores the 
vital importance of the Word of God, and by extension, the necessity of our giving careful heed to what we hear. Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul's farewell statement to the Ephesian elders. And Paul, as he addressed the Ephesian elders, cited, among other things, the importance of the Word of God for their sanctification. He declared there in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, And now I commend to you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified. Two points we want to consider this evening coming out of the text we read earlier, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We want to begin by talking about some reasons for dullness of hearing. And there are various factors which may hinder one from effectively hearing the word of God, hence causing one to be dull of hearing. The Greek word that's translated dull, as we said some time ago, there in chapter 5, verse 11, means lazy, it means sluggish. And the point here is that one may become lazy and sluggish with respect to hearing and heeding the word of God. In fact, truth be told, that's the attitude of many when it comes to listening to the word of God. They come with a lackadaisical attitude. They come with a spirit that is not conducive to actively hearing the word of God. Let's look at some of the features of this unhealthy attitude toward God's word as they are presented to us in scripture. The first we could identify as this lack of preparation. Lack of preparation. Dullness in hearing the word of God is often related to the problem of our not making due preparation of heart and mind to hear what God has to say in his word. The wise man in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 11 instructs us that when we go to the house of God, we should be what? Ready to hear. He says there, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near, to listen, is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. And what this means then is that when attending public worship and the public teaching of the Word of God, we need to come with an attitude of quiet. Before the Lord, we need to be quiet and still before Him. And how often is it that even minutes before service begins, many of us, and I'm not necessarily knocking any for this, I myself might even be in the in the in the lot, but many of us find ourselves talking about matters which are not really conducive to the worship of God, let alone hearing the word of God. So there needs to be preparation. The Word of God says, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 11, we need prepared hearts and minds. We must be ready to listen. Second, dullness in hearing the Word of God often stems from exposure to worldly or spiritual junk. Fixing one's heart and mind on earthly, material concerns rather than biblical, spiritual realities cuts our appetite for God's truth. When we focus on the world, when we focus on things material, when we, cons when we focus on 
the things of this world to the exclusion of spiritual things, that that does, it weakens, it dulls our spiritual sensitivity. In fact, the portion we read earlier, later down after verse 11, the writer talks about the use of the word, constant use of the word of God, whereby our senses are exercised to discern between good and evil. And where there's not this preoccupation with the word of God, but rather preoccupation with the things of the world, then that has a way of dulling our spiritual sensitivity. The fact is, it is only those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, only those whose hearts are singly focused on the things of God, who will be quick to grasp spiritual truths. In fact, our Lord Jesus made it clear in his uh, parable of the sore. He spoke of, about the cares of this world choking the word of God. He says there in Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word of God, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. One might consider, well, why is it I do not have an interest in hearing the word of God? Why is there this lackadaisical, lazy attitude towards hearing the word of God? And the question is, could it be that our minds are preoccupied with other concerns? We can see then why it was that our Lord Jesus warned in Mark chapter 4, verse 24, Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Not just worldly junk, but spiritual junk. There's a lot of spiritual junk on, quote-unquote, Christian television. You listen to certain preachers, you listen to certain teachers, and I've had situations, well, not, not necessarily saying we're, but we have situations sometimes where people begin to lose interest in the real preaching of the Word of God, and when you get to the source of it, they're listening to nonsense. They're listening to hype, spiritual hype. They're listening to so-called preaching that stirs the emotion, that really sends people into some kind of spiritual frenzy, rather than preaching that is focused on the Word of God, preaching that demands our thinking, preaching that demands our concentration. And if one is exposed to spiritual junk, then that has a way of cutting one's spiritual appetite for the real Word of God. Third, dullness in hearing the word of God often stems from bad attitudes. Bad attitudes. Do you know the word of God addresses that? Bad attitudes when it comes to hearing the word of God. You say, what are you talking about? Listen to the Apostle James in James chapter 1 verses 19 through 21. James instructs his readers to get rid of bad attitudes when they come to hear the word of God. Here's what James says. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. In a nutshell, what the Apostle James is saying here is that one reason we often fail to hear and profit from the Word of God is because of this problem. We need an attitude adjustment. 
Too much time talking and not listening. Bitterness of spirit. Indulgence in sin. Pride. These are some of the things that the Apostle James is talking about. Sometimes people might get upset with the preacher because what the preacher says from the word of God runs counter to what they like to hear. Who are you to tell me how to live? And Peter says we need to get, James says we need to get rid of anger. Don't get mad at the preaching of the word of God. Put away pride, put away haughtiness. And he says there, here's the attitude we should adopt in receiving the word of God. He says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. He said earlier, laying aside all filthiness, the word, Greek word for filthiness, is the word which means air wax. What is James saying there? James is actually saying, clean the airwax, the spiritual airwax from your ear if you're going to hear the word of God. Similar to the Apostle James's instruction, the Apostle Peter exhorts his readers in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He says this, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into your salvation. You see, if we become resentful and bitter because of some aspect of biblical teaching, if we are in bad relations with others, animosities, enmities, if we engage in hypocrisy, insincerity, then that will soon cause us to cease attending the word of God, attending and hearing effectively the word of God. And so it is necessary for, necessary for us to put away every kind of sinful attitude that would counteract the effective reception of the word of God. Here's a challenge for you and me as we consider this. Is, this. is there some attitude in your heart, in your mind, in your life that you need to take care of? Could it be that not taking care of that particular attitude, maybe anger, unresolved anger, bitterness, pride, arrogance, is what is standing in the way of your effectively hearing and submitting to the word of God? The word of God says these things, bad attitudes hinder us from hearing the word of God. So having looked at the reasons for spiritual dullness, we consider secondly and finally there some requirements for effectively hearing the word of God. Requirements for effectively hearing the word of God. Let me quickly list a few. Number one, first requirement we would say for effectively hearing the word of God is attention, attention. We sometimes do not hear the word of God, because we're not fully engaged. We might be hearing, but not listening. You know, it's possible to hear, but not be listening. Yes. Again, we might be listening, but not really hearing. To truly hear the word of God. Here's the point. To truly hear what God has to say in his words, all our faculties must be what? Fully engaged. That's why even our very posture is important in hearing the word of God. In order for one to profitably hear the word of God, one must actively 
and intentionally stir up, so to speak, oneself to listen to the word of God. And may I suggest to you that listening the word of God, listening the preaching of the word of God, is sometimes not an easy thing. You know why? Let me give you some reasons. Number one, sometimes a preacher doesn't make it easy. Right? The preacher might, be, might well be dull. Somebody says boring. <laughs> and that's why we must pray for the person who brings the word of God, that God would work in their hearts, work in their minds, so that they might be able to present the word of God in a way that would really speak to the minds and hearts of listeners. But let me say this. Sometimes in the preaching of the word of God, there are some portions of scripture that really requires real, serious, rigorous thinking. They are what we would call the deep truths of God. They're not the kind of, 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 of passages, they're not the kind of teaching that will stir up emotions. They require real, serious, disciplined thought. And to really profit from those passages, to really profit from the preaching of the word of God on those passages, we must diligently apply our minds, we must be willing to concentrate, we must have an intention to hear what God has to say through, to us through that passage. What this means then is that part of our preparation for hearing the word of God is to pray, is to pray that God would move upon our wills and cause us to hear what he has to say, to focus our attention, even if the sermon is dull, even if the sermon is boring. The fact is that listening well is a discipline, it's a discipline. And it's a discipline when we consider how easy it is for minds to be distracted, to wander off, to drift off from what is being said. And listening is more so a rigorous discipline when we bear in mind the fact that whenever the seed of God's word is being sown, according to Mark chapter 4 verse 15, here's what Jesus says, Satan seeks to immediately come and take away the word that is sown. He's always present, I believe, in every service. And part of his malicious, nefarious function is to steal, to snatch the word of God as it is being presented. That's why we have to be diligent here, as we have to be attentive. And so it is that to properly hear the word of God, there's need for us to train ourselves to keep pace with what is being said, with what is being taught from the word of God, to carefully follow what is being said, to listen with the understanding that hearing what God has to say is an opportunity and a privilege that must be jealously guarded. Listen, every time we come under the sound of the word of God, this is the mindset we should have. It's a privilege to be hearing, to be sitting within earshot of the word of God. Why? This is the word of the living God. In, the, in this word, there is life. It is by the word that we derive salvation. It is by the word of God that we are sanctified. It is by this word that we grow. It is by this word, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, that we will have good success in all our endeavors. 
Now, very much related to our attending to the Word of God is this matter of regularly attending the public teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And as we gather from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, some of the believers in that day, when the writer was addressing them, some of them were slackening off in this area. No wonder it was that when they had become, uh, they had gotten to the point where, to put it in the words of the writer, they had become spiritually dull and weak. You see, many fail to grow, many fail to make headway spiritually. Why? Because of infrequent and irregular gathering to hear the teaching of Scripture. And the fact is, frequently absenting oneself from this means of grace will inevitably impact negatively on our spiritual development. Where there is neglected the matter of meeting together, one is effectively shortchanging oneself spiritually. As the writer of the Hebrews instructs his readers, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. There needs to be attention. But then secondly, a second requirement for properly hearing the word of God to overcome spiritual dullness, not only do we need attention, we need reflection, reflection, thoughtfulness is the idea here. Paul is addressing the believers at Corinth and he brings out this matter of the importance of thoughtfulness in hearing the word of God. Paul had this to say, I speak to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. In other words, use your faculties, think through what I'm saying. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 7, his counsel to young Timothy was this, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Properly hearing the word of God, beloved, involves reflecting on it giving careful consideration of what we have heard. Such reflection is that which will enable us to remember what we have heard and more than that will help us to assimilate into our hearts the things we have heard so that it changes us, transforms us. In this way, we are strengthened in our Christian walk. We grow in the Christian life. And then a third requirement for effective hearing of the word of God is what I'd call expectation. Expectation. Here's a, here's a challenge. Here's a question. I ask myself this question. I ask you, whenever you come to the house of God, whenever you come to hear the word of God, is there some kind of anticipation, some kind of expectation as to what God will say today through his word? We need that kind of anticipation. We need that kind of expectation. You know the account of Cornelius. Cornelius, God, appeared to Peter, pre prepare him to go to share the gospel with Cornelius. And Cornelius is giving his testimony of what happened. And when Peter arrives, verse 31 of Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, verses 31 to 33, listen to what Cornelius says, which shows here was a man who was prepared to hear what God has to say. Cornelius is recording what the angel told him. Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon at Tanner by the sea. Verse 33, so I went for you at once. Here's what he's saying to Peter. I went for you at once and you have been kind enough to come to me. 
Watch this now. Here's what he says. Here's what Cornelius says to Peter. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Notice there in his whole understanding. Cornelius understood the word of God was about to be opened, and where the word of God is opened, there is the presence of God. And he says, listen, we are all here in the presence of God, and here's the purpose, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. That's what we call expectation. We see the spirit of expectation in the psalmist in Psalm 85. The psalmist declared there in Psalm 85 verse 8. Here's what he says. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. Remember the Berean Christians, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were Christians whose heart was set on hearing the word of God. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They received it with eagerness. We need today this spirit of eagerness in hearing the truth of the word of God. We also see this attitude of purposeful intent to hear what God would say in the prophet Habakkuk. You remember Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1? Here's a spirit of expectation with respect to what God has to say. He says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Eagerness, expectation. There must be attention, there must be reflection on what is being taught. But then a fourth requirement for effectively hearing the word of God is evaluation. Evaluation. And by that I mean for us to truly appreciate, hear and appreciate the word of God and profit from the word of God, there must of necessity be evaluation of what we hear to be indeed the word of God. What are we talking about? First Thessalonians 2 verse 13, here's what Paul said as regards the Thessalonian Christians. He said this, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. If we do not have a conviction, here's the point, if we do not have a conviction that this is the bona fide word of God, if we come hearing and saying, well, this is just another man speaking, if we have that mindset and we're not going to profit, we're not going to hear properly the word of God. But if we come understanding that God has appointed in the church, pastors, teachers, for the building of the church, and insofar as they are taking the word of God, expounding the word of God, if we come with that mindset, understanding that what is declared from the word of God is indeed the truth of God, then that makes all the difference with respect to how we hear and receive the word of God. There must be, therefore, evaluation. So there must be, if we are to properly hear the word of God, if we are not to be spiritually dull, we need, number one, attention. 
We need reflection. We need to be thoughtful with respect to what we hear. There must be expectation, eagerness. There must be evaluation. And then finally, there must be, most important, there must be submission. Submission. To hear with an intention to obey. To hear not just to satisfy our curiosity. To hear not just out of academic interest. To hear not just as a passing fancy. But to hear what God, the authoritative word of God, has to say to us with a view, with a mind, to obeying it. Bearing in mind that to do otherwise is to harden the heart. Word of God suggests that whenever we hear the word of God, we do not make use of it, we do not apply it, we begin a process of hardening our hearts. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, therefore as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The Apostle James calls attention to the need for us to not only hear the word of God, but to obey it. In James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25, he writes, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Notice what God says there. If we hear and we don't have an intention to obey, we are actually what? Deceiving ourselves. We, we dupe ourselves into thinking that we are okay by virtue of our accumulated knowledge. But that knowledge will do us no good. In fact, accumulated knowledge that is not applied, accumulated knowledge that is ignored, that is disobeyed, only issues in the hardening of the heart, where God, after a while, cease, ceases to speak. That's why persons can take up the Bible, and it doesn't make sense. They have resisted, they have resisted, they have resisted obedience to the word of God. And so, they become spiritually dull, insensitive to the truths of Scripture. May God help us in this regard. May we be good hearers of the Word of God, hearers who hear, who listen actively with an intent to do the will of God. Now, if, if, if it be that one doesn't have the appetite, one is a believer in Christ, does not have the appetite, does not have the desire for the Word of God, you, said, you ask the question, well, how can that be remedied? I would say, go to God in prayer and pray sincerely, Lord, I'm not in a good spot. Make my heart to desire your truth. Your word is truth. Help me to love your truth. Help me to hunger for it. You know something? God delights in hearing such a prayer. Could it be that there's sin, cherished sin, harbored sin? Yes, those things cut our spiritual appetites, dull our spiritual sensitivities, and hence we need to take care of sin in our hearts and lives. Of course, we can only do this through the power 
of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. May God bless these truths to our hearts for his name's sake. Amen.